1: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change.
0: Coming up on The Breakdown, the January 6th select committee finally gets into gear. We'll dig into the day's riveting testimonies. And Lincoln Project fan favorite Steve Schmidt joins us to break it all down. Plus, your questions from Twitter. It all starts now. Good evening and welcome to The Breakdown. I'm Tara Settmayer, and with me as always is the Rick Wilson. We have a great show for you guys planned tonight. Um, not only and both, both Rick Wilson and I are fired up after today's January 6th uh, committee testimony. But we also have the great Steve Schmidt with us to join us in the conversation and pontificate about what we saw today and what's going on um, and the state of our democracy and why we're in the fight. So make sure you stay tuned for Steve Schmidt. He'll be joining us shortly and before we get started of course if you have questions for us tweet us at hashtag ask the breakdown and we'll answer some of your questions later on in the show uh rick before we get into our personal feelings about what happened today uh, i want our viewers to take a look at our new ad called the last week in the republican party to catch up on the crazy
2: Welcome the 45th president of the United States of America, Donald J.
3: Trump! If I lost this election, I could handle it pretty easily. Two questions. Have you yourself gotten vaccinated and do you disagree with the
0: Republican one? Well, your your first question is a violation of my HIPAA
3: rights. We were trying
4: to come up with a rifle that we thought was appropriate for a general. This is uh, one of our top quality guns. uh, Maybe I'll find somebody in
3: Washington D.C. (laughs) (laughs) The county has, for whatever reason, also refused to produce the network routers. We want the routers, Sonny. Wendy, we got to get those routers, please.
1: It's the number one fast food uh, company in America. It's good food, good service at a reasonable price.
3: Come on, Kelly, we can get those routers. Those routers, you know what? We're so beyond the routers.
0: Hi, Senator.
2: I am a proud Kentucky citizen,
1: and I just wanted to tell you to get
3: They don't want to give up the routers. They don't want to give them. They are fighting like hell. There are children, skinny people who have died of the coronavirus. Do you feel any responsibility? (laughs) Why are these commissioners fighting not to give the routers?
4: Dude, you are the worst human being known to mankind. I want you to come to to this state, to the United States,
1: to everything else in this world.
3: They make up a lot of crap and they say it over and over and over, and one day, you say, oh. If you got those routers, what that will show.
5: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky
6: just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride
5: and groom?
4: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo when we lost track of
0: time. <gasps> Oh, my God, Rick, it's so hard to keep up with it and just think that that was every day that level of insanity and just um, just the circus atmosphere was every day for four years. Like, I I don't know how we survived Mm -hmm. it for that long. And, you know, when we think about how close we came to a second term of Donald Trump, it it, I, I shudder to think. What our lives would look like, what the country would look like now, if God forbid he'd actually won a second term, it was t- too close for comfort, in my opinion. Um, and you know, it, we we pivot to what happened today, which is a stark reminder of how close we came to actually losing our democracy. Never mind just an election, but how close we came. And the fact that we have elected officials in this country that continue to lie about it, continue to try to downplay it, and the four officers today who testified in front of the House Select Committee investigating January 6th, um, it it was one of the most emotional hearings I've ever watched. And trust me, Rick, when I tell you, I've watched hundreds of of committee hearings over the seven years I I worked on Capitol Hill. Sure. Um, For the 25 years I've been in politics, and I cannot remember, short of nine eleven, um, ever being as emotional as I was today, watching that hearing.
4: Yeah, Tara, I, I look. I want to say a few things about the hearing today, um, and
0: you first. And I want to be
4: very, very direct <laughs> with folks. First off, the politics. Okay, the inclusion of Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger by to the committee by Speaker Policy, it's a political masterstroke. It's great news. Kevin McCarthy, at this moment, couldn't find his balls with a precision GPS after she took them off with this play, right? It's gonna be a panel, it's gonna be a serious panel, a serious investigation, and Americans who get their news from outside the Reichsministerium for Propaganda, from Fox, are gonna understand what was happening that day. They're gonna see this news. They're gonna understand the depth of it. And I hope the Democrats do not blow this opportunity because of two developments today. First off, we saw a transitional moment with the DOJ where they're gonna basically be able to call on Trump Justice Department officials and bring them in to to talk about what they know and what they saw on that day, it's important. And we also saw a number of mistakes made by people like Jim Jordan, who admitted he was conspiring, not talking to, conspiring with the then President of the United States of America during a violent terrorist attack on our Capitol. I have to say, folks, uh, I expect the GOP at this point to play the little bullshit games, and you should expect it too. okay? They are all in on the big lie. They're all gonna play this new one of, oh, it's Pelosi's fault. They're all gonna pretend it's Antifa that did it, and this was a loving visit by patriots, and not a hot, violent threat to our democracy. Okay, that You, you should understand that that's just gonna be the way they're gonna roll. That they're, It's pointless to watch and report on the clown show of these pressers with Green and Gates and Jordan and Stefanik, um, who, by the way, Elise Stefanik has fallen further and harder than almost any other Republican. She's out there today vamping and preening about this entire bullshit. Uh, oh, it's Pelosi's fault that this happened. What? They left the Capitol undefended. Oh, yes, I know. No one expected a fucking giant army of Trump hotties to invade Elise. Um, but it's pointless to talk to their people. And I want to say this to reporters in Washington and media in Washington. Stop with the fucking both sides ism. Okay? As much as the Democratic Party cannot organize a two-car motorcade, has a number of wrong-headed and stupid ideas, misreads the American public all the time, they are not seeking every day to burn down the goddamn Republic. And the people in the Republican Party today are irredeemable on every possible dimension. They do not care about the future of this country, except insofar as they hold and control power. They are looking to establish a Putin-style kleptocracy in this country. And all you reporters who keep writing like it's normal times, that it's a normal thing, well, one side said this, so the other side said that. That's not how it works anymore. You don't understand, if you let these people win and have their way, you're either gonna be on the good list with Fox and OAN and, and Newsmax and whatever goddamn lunacy, lunacy comes down next to vomit out propaganda to the masses of their people or you're going to have to get a license to do reporting or you're going to have to you're going to get permission to do things you're going to have to worry every day that they're going to that they're going to pass an executive order that that any reporter who who libels the dear leader can be disappeared and you think oh that could never happen here yeah. well guess what can never happen here also Thousands of angry rioters storming the U.S. Capitol to try to overturn an election.
0: Now- That's right.
4: I wanna, wanna, I'm I'm rolling here, Tara, so just give me a couple more minutes here. Go ahead. Look, if you're a major corporate donor to the Republican Party, okay, if you're giving to the NRSC, the National Republican Congressional Committee, the RNC, any of their PACs, let me tell you what you are. You are the people who are funding the officials who are defending to the death the right of rioters and violent terrorists to yell the N word in the face of capital cops? That's who you are now. So fuck you with your corporate inclusion policies and all your little drama about you want a diverse and open workforce. No, you are paying for people who yell the N word in the face of capital police. You are telling us that that your money is going to go to those people for for because it's expedient politically. Get the fuck out of here. So you can do it, and you're probably going to do it. A lot of you are going to do it. But just know, America's watching now. This is not It's not the old days where they have to drill through FEC reports. We'll light your ass up. We'll talk about you. We did that today with Stephen Schwartzman from Blackstone. He is, from what I am hearing, extraordinarily unhappy. But you know what? You give $40 million to the people who are trying to tear down our government and tear down our country, you're going to get called out. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And uh, what became clear today watching watching the reporters try to both sides this thing was that they don't get it. There are not two parties anymore. There is a political party in the Democrats that is uh, fucked up in a million ways and broken in a million ways and incompetent in a million ways and has a number of bad ideas that I disagree with fundamentally. But again... They're not people whose terrorists invade the US Capitol and scream the N word at Capitol cops. They're not people defending an attempt to overthrow our government. It's got to be clear to everyone this isn't a matter of partisanship anymore. This isn't both sidesism anymore. The both sidesism worship, we've had enough of it in this country. It's breaking us. And you got to understand Trump freed these people to be their worst selves. That's you true. saw that, it was the apotheosis of that moment on Capitol Hill that day. It was the apotheosis of all their bullshit, all the shit that's been fed to these people about their grievances and their hardships and their hatreds and oh, how everything stacked against them. And everything, all their pathologies and all their weaknesses and all their bad behaviors, oh, they're the fault of those people, those brown people over there. Because you know what? Even when Candace Owens and Diamond and Silk and whoever else comes and performs their role that they perform in the new Republican party, the N-word is never more than a heartbeat away from the MAGA mob's lips. You saw it. You saw it in Officer Dunn's testimony today. So when they say critical race theory, they mean the N-word. When they say Black Lives Matter, they mean the N-word. When they say Antifa, they mean the N-word. When they say back the blue, they mean Derek Chauvin choking the fucking life out of George Floyd and not Officer Dunn and the other African-American officers who took a torrent of racial abuse and hatred from Donald Trump's mob. And the Republicans that are defending them and pretending this didn't happen—they are all party to it. Every fucking one of them. This is why this mission continues. This is why this yep. goes on. And I am—I know I'm running out the clock here, so I will that's stop okay.
0: now. No, no, that's okay. No, no, that's all right. Yes. No. Uh, you know that I agree with everything you just said, and I—I want our audience, for those who may not have had an opportunity to, uh, to see what happened today. Uh, we have a compilation of some of the testimony from those officers, and then I have a few things to say after that.
5: After order, order has finally has been restored at the Capitol, in many hours, I arrived I arrive home at nearly 4 a.m. on January 7th. I had to push my wife away from me because she wanted to hug me. Now yeah, I told her no, because of the, all the chemical that I, my uniform had on.
1: At some point during the fighting, I was dragged from the line of officers and into the crowd. I heard someone scream, I got one. As I was swarmed by a violent mob, they ripped off my badge. They grabbed and stripped me of my radio. They seized ammunition that was secured to my body. They began to beat me with their fists and with what felt like hard metal objects. At one point, I came face to face with an attacker who repeatedly lunged for me and attempted to remove my firearm. I heard chanting from some in the crowd, get his gun and kill him with his own gun.
5: That prompted a torrent of racial epithets. One woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, you hear that guys? This nigger voted for Joe Biden. Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, boo, fucking nigger. No one had ever, ever called me a nigger while wearing the uniform of a Capitol Police officer. In the days following the attempted insurrection, other black officers shared with me their own stories of racial abuse on January 6th. One officer told me, He had never, and in his his entire 40 years of life, been called a nigger to his face. And that streak ended on January 6th. Yet another black officer later told me he had been confronted by insurrectionists in the Capitol who told him, put your gun down, and we'll show you what kind of nigger you really are.
1: He bashed me in the head and face with it, rupturing my lip and adding additional injury to my skull. At this point, I knew I couldn't sustain much more damage and remain upright. At best, I would collapse and be a liability to my colleagues. At worst, be dragged out into the crowd and lynched. Unable to move or otherwise signal the officers behind me that I needed to fall back, I did the only thing that I could do and screamed for help.
0: Rick, you and everyone else who follows the Lincoln Project knows that I come from a law enforcement family. Yes, you do. My husband is a black federal officer. You got this. My grandfather served this country for 40 years as a police officer. And I watch that even now. And it's tough because I look at these people in in America who are supposed to be our fellow countrymen, sit here and try to deny what happened to those officers who put their lives on the line to protect those bastards that are sitting here trying to tell them that that didn't happen, that it was tourists. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, nations do not die from invasion, they die from internal rottenness. What we are seeing happen in this country from our elected officials, from one particular party, from the Republican party that I spent my uh, entire almost adult life, working for and fighting for those principles. Principles that I thought meant upholding this constitution, upholding their oaths of office, waving the American flag meant patriotism and proud of your fellow man. And that we share that ideals, the American ideals in this country. But all of that was a lie. And every single one of these Republican lying sons of bitches that are out here trying to tell people that what happened on January 6th was not a violent insurrection, trying to blame it on Nancy Pelosi. Shameful, they are shameful. Officer Fanon banged his hand hand on the table and said, what a disgrace it is. They were there protecting them regardless of their political affiliation. Officer Dunn having to endure not only the physical violence of that day, but the racism, the evil hatred that was going on that day, to be called a nigger to his face while he was wearing the uniform of this country where he swore an oath and he still went out there and fought. Officer Gunnell who went home to his wife who didn't know whether he was dead or alive for hours that day and couldn't hug her because of chemicals that these people sprayed on him. He was a war veteran. He said that he felt more unsafe that day than he did in Iraq, in a war zone. American people, the American citizens. This is our modern day civil war. This is brother on brother. Those people, those terrorists, as officer Hodges called them, they were terrorists. They had the audacity to call those brave officers uh, traitors. No, those people were traitors. Donald Trump is a traitor. Kevin McCarthy is a traitor. Elise Stefanik is a traitor. Every single one of those people that sits here and lies to the American people about what happened to that day, you people are the traitors. And they're such cowards that they wouldn't even go to the hearing. They wouldn't even watch it on on television. They wouldn't even respect these officers and their service enough that day to even watch it and acknowledge it. Kevin McCarthy wouldn't even meet with them. He's such a coward. And what are they doing? Selling their souls for what? For Donald Trump? Donald Trump, a failed reality show, con man, loser, sociopath, they're selling out their country and their oaths of office for him. Those officers represent the best of us. And when that officer when Officer Bunnell wouldn't hug his wife initially, and then she said she begged him not to go back out to the front lines. And he told her, no, I have to. And she said, please don't. He said, no, I have to. And you know why? Because he said that his oath of office was more powerful, his sense of duty was more powerful than a love for his wife and his son. That's what an American patriot looks like. Not like those sons of bitches that were out there talking about fuck the police, let's kill Nancy Pelosi, hang the vice president that took on 800 police officers, those are traitors. They're terrorists and they deserve to be locked up. And you know what those officers also said? They said, please, you guys are our last hope to hold these people accountable. The elected officials and everyone that, that incited this and enabled it. These Republicans have become fascist enablers. They are white supremacist, fascist, authoritarian enablers. And they do not deserve to be in office. This is what we're facing, everyone. And I am heartbroken, heartbroken that we are in a position today where police officers, heroes, have to go there and be subjected to that level of abuse, of disrespect, and dishonor. I expected from the yahoos that were out there, okay? But from the elected officials who know better, Shame on you, shame on you. Lincoln also said, he said any nation that doesn't honor its heroes (laughs) will not long endure.
2: Yes,
0: And that's what we are facing right now. Our democracy is in peril. We will not endure if we sit back and allow this scourge, this despicable malignancy of Trumpism to win. Adam Kinzinger said, that that democracy was saved that day because those guys held the line, and that even though they felt abandoned, but they actually won. And he's right, but it was temporary. We have to continue to fight for this because we cannot allow the other side to continue to do what they're doing. Shame on you, every one of them, and shame on every single person who supports this. As an American, if you're not upset by what you saw today, then you're on the wrong side of history.
4: Absolutely. Folks, this is gonna be an angry night because we've had, you know, when we put together the emergency broadcast on January 6th, as this was going on, you know, Tara and I just went in live and just started talking to you guys. It's kind of what we're doing tonight because we've all watched today with a growing sense of complete mortification and horror
3: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
3: That the battle
4: in 2022 is going to be waged by one team that will do anything to take power. They will do anything to gain and take power. It is a terrifying and, and 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 frankly, it should be a motivating prospect. I know that I sat down today and started remapping what we're doing in 22 in some terms of some of the strategic things in the Senate to start thinking about how we work these problems. Because right now, there is an opportunity for the good guys to make this play. What did you see today? You saw the Republican Party show its true colors. Yep. And those colors are a white fucking hood with eye holes cut out of it. Okay. They're defending people who went up and yelled and screamed and attacked Capitol Police and called them the N-word. Okay. They're defending that. Those people, Elise Stefanik believes in that. She supports those people. She will lie down and die for those people who yell the N-word at cops before she criticizes them because it might make Donald Trump angry.
0: Right. They're upset and, about that, but they're know. not upset about Gosar and Taylor Green and and Mo Brooks and Biggs right. and Matt Gates going out there calling the people who did this, these terror domestic terrorists who did this, that invaded our capital, that tried to overthrow our government, that tried to murder our vice president. They they're more upset about those people. They're not upset about them calling them political prisoners. No, they're fucking domestic terrorists that would have killed any one of them. That would have killed any one of those members of Congress if they'd gotten their hands on them that day. And yet they sit back. McCarthy is upset about, uh, you know, upset about Pelosi making things up about her responsibility, which she wasn't responsible for security that day. That's a lie. But you've got to be kidding me. Adam Kinzinger and 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 Liz Cheney are the apostates. What hypocrites!
4: Yep. And you know, and the and, there, and the entire right wing media apparatus and the right wing social uh-huh. media apparatus is swung into to motion. You know, there's some like lot lizard slag from from American American uh, some American far right thing, uh, American fascism or or or, or you know neo Hitler times, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> right. And she's like, they're crisis actors.
2: Get the yes. fuck out of here. Officer Fournon, of specifically yeah, Officer Fournon,
0: who was the who was the one who said who testified that you know um, they were they heard him he heard well we could hear it on his, on his camera kill him with his own gun he's the one that's begging yeah. for his life that says I've got kids okay but they're calling him the crisis actor
4: right and also <laughs> like to like sick. to be to have one more burst of anger God damn it Facebook will you fucking do something about this you can. Because today Facebook was filled, the number one through ten pieces of traffic on Facebook today were far right propaganda memes and propaganda stories that were completely lies. The, the number one through ten, they were all about, "Well, the capital invade our democracy was never in danger. This is exaggerated. It's Pelosi's fault. It's this. Yeah. It's that. It's not part. Of, you know, get the fuck out of here." These people is- are fueled by this, this, this particular sewage pipe of social media and and of course you know like a lot of com- companies facebook will will you know cash in all the way to the to the to the to the edge of the cliff
0: well um, this is we are in the fight of our our law, of our generation and we have not been in something in an environment as serious as we are today that is an existential threat to our constitutional republic since the Civil War. We are not over-exaggerating it. And anyone who thinks so needs to go back and watch the opening video of today's hearing. Just watch it. That's not made up. Those aren't crisis actors. That's not Antifa, okay? Those are Donald Trump's supporters, his cultists, the people that he activated. They say with their own words, Donald Trump sent us, and he liked it. Yep, he liked it. We're going to take a quick break and uh, bring in Steve Schmidt. As if uh, our passion and emotion on this isn't enough, we've got Steve Schmidt to come in and uh, pontificate along with us. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs>
3: The Lincoln Project was formed. They
1: are doing tougher ads against Trump than any Democratic group. They've decided to take the strategic and ad-making firepower they've trained for years on Democrats and turn it against their own.
4: And in almost every ad they talk about how he's a loser, how he's weak.
6: Unyielding, unrelenting
3: ass-kicking of Donald Trump and his children and his campaign advisors.
4: The Lincoln group, these never Trump Republicans, the Democrats could learn a lot from them. They're mean, they fight hard, and we don't fight like that. There is never a day where we're like, we should take it easy on Trump today.
3: Are you sure you want to do this again, Donald? If you think we hit you hard the first time. So they should not call it the Lincoln Project. They should call it the Losers Project. Just remember. I don't remember. We're still here. And the only loser is you.
0: welcome back to the breakdown tiki's decided to join us because the conversation is that important uh tonight we are talking about the january 6th uh insurrection committee hearings today and we are thrilled that we have our fellow lincoln project brother and co-founder steve schmidt with us steve welcome back to the breakdown glad to have you on this uh really just emotional intense day um the floor is yours my friend
6: Well, it's good to see you both. Um, Tara, I thought that what you said was remarkable and um, we're just moments away from it, but I'm not sure that I've ever heard a more eloquent articulation of the outrage that we should all fail in this this moment of great crisis. And it is a moment of great crisis. Our democracy is in a state of collapse. We have tens of millions of people in this country, our fellow citizens, and really the whole of the Republican Party, uh, the former president Donald Trump, the leader of this nationalist autocratic movement, Kevin McCarthy, the whole of the elected Congress, almost every state legislator that's a Republican in the country, almost every Republican official of every stripe, every state party, every state party chairman, every single one of them, the whole kit and caboodle, they have rejected the idea of American democracy. I think it's important to understand that at least Stefanik and Kevin McCarthy know they are lying. The election was not stolen. That's a lie. It's a fantasy. It's a conspiracy. A federal court says so, every piece of evidence says so. It never, never happened. They're they're lying uh, not to achieve an end, uh, but as a means. The lying isn't the end, it's a means. It's their signal to say that democracy in the form of majority vote, and at long last in this country, The idea that everybody gets to say, regardless of creed or gender or race, that the majority grants power temporarily to our fellow citizens, most of whom are members of one of two political parties. We grant power in a constitutional framework that enumerates the power of government, that restrains it and protects individual rights and they've rejected that and they've rejected it in the name of freedom what what they're really trying to say is that the minority has a right to rule and they have a right to rule on the basis of a sense of superiority and that superiority conversely comes from this shared sense of victimization that's created a community. The philosophies of nationalism and autocracy, these are losers' philosophies. These are people on the margins who embrace this, who are attracted to it. Lonely people, and Trump has given them a sense of community. And their community isn't the nation. It's not e pluribus unum out of many one. It's their tribe uniformly white and it's aggrieved and the proposition they've laid out that to preserve freedom from the rapacious horde of brown people and black people who as Tucker Carlson points out are diluting their vote in the name of freedom they have to restrict in the society who gets to have a say who is less than and that is what they have put on the table to replace the idea of a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multiracial, pluralistic, democratic society where all of the people of the world can come together under the banner of an idea that's manifested in the Declaration of Independence in the Constitution. They rejected it. And this is an enterprise that requires you to be all in or all out. You're for it or you're against it. You can't be against the majority deciding who rules through an election in favor of a minority that says, no, we will rule. And the basis for the rule, the exigent circumstance, as always, is to protect the culture a superior culture from a threat of outsiders and foreigners. Always the foreigners, always the minorities, always the Jews. The nine extremist groups who participated on January 6th, they understood everything that Trump said to them over a four year basis. And so we saw the merging on that day of fanaticism, extremism and devotion to a cult of personality. This is a world, should they come to power, where there is no corruption because they have an entitlement to take in their view. They are there to share the spoils amongst themselves on the team. Cynicism, opportunism, fanaticism, extremism. Always those things come together and attract capital. People like Steven Schwartzman, $40 $40 million to build the American boom and the callous indifference to not care about the consequences of it. So we will have a great contest in America over these next years. We are two elections away from losing our democracy. It will be lost in an elections process. They are clear as day about their infidelity To pluralistic democracy they want to replace it with a version of freedom which in essence is a licensure for a minority to rule a disenfranchised majority for the purposes of the self-interest and self-enrichment of the minority
0: steve let me ask you let me ask you a question um while Rick takes a, takes a a sip. How do we defeat this? Because I know a lot of people watching this, they feel us, right? They feel our passion. They are just as enraged and concerned as we are here at the Lincoln Project. And people say, okay, well, how do we stop this? We're watching Republicans uh, change election rules in, in the states. It looks like they're talking about rigging elections. They're trying to do that in several states because we all know that the way to control things in a democracy is to control um, the administration of elections, because a democracy like ours runs on the faith in, uh, in institute democratic institutions, particularly like elections. So, what do you say to people who go, "Okay, well, what do we do? How, what what do we do to defeat this? Because this must be, be defeated. It must be eradicated the way Nazism and fascism was in the '30s and '40s."
6: What I would say to them is you must understand, you must understand this, that democracy is the only moral form of government because it's the only form that places the individual atop the power of the state. It's the only system where the person, the human being, is above the power of the state. All other systems place the state atop the individual. And when that happens, the darkness comes and so our democracy is worth fighting for and we must explain and confront every day the forces of nationalism mm-hmm. that are the opposite and enemy of pluralism and autocracy which is the opposite of democracy we must confront the corruption the front line of this fight is the place where the lie and the truth meet. It has to be confronted. We have to talk about it. We have to hold people accountable. We have to understand that there are more people in this country who want to live in a democracy that want to live in a Trumpian nationalist autocracy. Don't want to live in a blood and soil nationalist country fueled by racial grievance and animus to live in a world where the lie and the truth stand equally before each other, has to be confronted every day. We have to provoke, we have to remind, we have to incite. What the Lincoln Project will do is strike at the head of the snake. The head of the snake is Donald Trump. The head of the snake is Kevin McCarthy. The head of the snake are the leaders of the nationalist movement, the leaders of the autocratic movement. The financiers of it, its propagandists will be involved in the space of trying to organize resistance to the renewal of cable carriage contracts. That's how you heard Fox News. What Tucker Carlson is doing is killing people. It's immoral, it's irresponsible, it's an evil. All of this is. We're a 245-year-old democratic republic, the oldest in the world, a country that was bequeathed to us, a free land that has gotten more free, where opportunities have expanded on the basis of the courage and blood sacrifice of 14 generations of American patriots. And we're gonna flush it down the toilet in service to the cult of Donald Trump and his autocratic ambitions. Make no mistake, He's not just the front runner, he's the presumptive nominee. He will be the
4: candidate 100% right.
6: of the Republican right. party in Twerk. The race is underway. It's important to understand the danger, to perceive it. Can't look away from this. The stupidest thing that anybody has said in 2021 is to call him the former guy. It was stupid at the instant it was first said, And the stupidity is compounded and metastasized. Delusion is not a virtue. The sheep who cannot see the intention of the wolf in his eyes is prey. We need to wake up to the threat. There is nothing these people can do to tell all of us more clearly what it is their intention is. It's time to wake up. And it's time to fight back. Let's, and it's time to for tell sure. the truth. And it's time to apply political power, political pressure. It's time for everyone who believes in this to work together and to be fierce, to be vocal in our determination to squash mm-hmm. this. We're gonna lose right. our democracy to Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy. Holy shit.
4: <laughs> Steve, <laughs> let's take a quick break and we'll be right back.
1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Lincoln Project was formed. They are doing tougher ads against Trump than. Any Democratic group. They've decided to take the strategic and ad-making firepower they've trained for years on Democrats and turn it against their own.
4: And in almost every ad, they talk about how he's a loser, how he's
6: weak. Unyielding, unrelenting, ass-kicking of Donald
3: Trump and his children and his campaign advisors. The Lincoln group, these never Trump or Republicans, the Democrats could learn a lot from them. They're mean. They fight more, and we don't fight like that.
4: There is never a day where we're like, we should take it easy on Trump
3: today. Are you sure you want to do this again, Donald? If you think we hit you hard the first time. So they should not call it the Lincoln Project. They should call it the Losers Project. Just remember. I don't remember. We're still here, and the only loser is you.
4: Hey, folks, we're back with Steve Schmidt. Um, Steve, you know, you were, you were talking just now about, about how, rising to the defense of the country against, you know, the, uh, the Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump. I, I don't think people understand that the historical playbook that these guys are running is one that we've seen before. I mean, we were talking this morning uh, about Hitler's speech in Dusseldorf back in 1936, or 30, 26. And, and, you know, you were talking about how... how how many echoes it had of today of this argument against democracy that seems to be rising on the right?
6: His argument that, was that was that democracy uh, would one day lead, uh, in Hitler's words and his speech was in 1932 in Dusseldorf right before he became chancellor to a very skeptical business community. He talked for two and a half hours. And when he finished, the business community was on its feet. And what he laid out was a very serious argument against democracy. And what he said was that democracy is numerical, right? That what it leads to inevitably is one day he said there would be a Negro who was the head of the United Nations. He said it's not democracy if the superior race if the superior culture is subjugated to the lesser majority, enslaved. So he said democracy, in essence, is slavery. What democracy produces is an equality of the races. What democracy produces is the captivity of the superior German. So what is it that Tucker Carlson is saying when he talks about the dilution of a voting right because of the horde from third world countries, the brown and the black people that are coming into the country? What he's, what he's saying is, is that democracy is secondary to freedom defined by a defense of the superior culture as defined by the autocratic movement. And so this isn't all happenstance. If you reject democracy, something fills its place, a philosophy. So Mm
2: -hmm. what
6: is it that JD Vance means when he says the first duty of a conservative is to destroy the enemies of the American civilization and culture. Do we think he's speaking about a preservation of the black renaissance in Harlem? I don't think he is. I don't I don't think so. I think I think he's talking about in not so subtle terms the preservation of a racial identity.
2: Mhm
6: so freedom is going to be on the ballot and a definition of freedom autocrats and nationalists always talk about freedom it's a twisted metastasized perverted sense of what an american should understand freedom to be but we must learn to understand what it is that they are telling us by being able to read between the lines doesn't everybody understand where this leads if you are willing to disenfranchise people and opt out of establishing who gets to govern through an election process does anybody think that person if they could wouldn't lock up someone who disagrees with them the reason dissent must be punished is because the truth is a simple concept in autocracy it's what the leader declares it to be Mm -hmm. so acts of conscience that are always rooted in higher truths must always be punished there must always be a retribution that's why there are purges in autocratic movements that's why the apostasies of kitzinger and cheney must be punished dissent that opens the door to a question of who gets to decide truth. Is it Mm evidence-based? Is it reality-based? Or is it politically-based? This is fundamental to an autocratic movement. It removes the nuance. Sure. It removes the complexities of life. It simplifies things. It enslaves
0: thought. Mm -hmm. Right, because they fear free thought. They fear free will. They fear the people that they rule over because they don't want to be challenged because they are actually cowards. They are intellectual weaklings. They don't actually understand what freedom actually means. You're right, it's a perversion. Not only do they pervert the definition of freedom, they pervert the definition of what it means to be a patriot. That's why they've co-opted the American flag. That's why they've co-opted our, our, our ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, only for their tribe. This is all part of that. And I just wanna bring it full circle as we end the show tonight, Steve. Um, we see what's happening with the, with the committee, the January 6th Select Committee. Um, I have to say I'm relieved that none of the uh, disruptors, none of the unindicted co-conspirators of January 6th are on it, like the Jim Jordans. Um, and we actually have serious people who we saw their emotion today. We saw their appreciation for the seriousness of the job that they're doing and what this means. What do you think the committee will accomplish? Do you think that um, there is some hope here that people will be held accountable? What are your thoughts on uh, on what you saw today and what you think the future of this, this select committee will be? The,
6: this select committee, is a monumental achievement in the political career of Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. She has singularly guaranteed.
0: I think we lost audio from Steve, but I'll pick up where he left off until we fix the, uh, the audio. Rick, I was on MSNBC on Friday and I talked about, uh, in preparation for today's hearing, we were talking about uh, Nancy Pelosi and I said, Nancy Pelosi is a boss. I spent many years battling Pelosi and the Democrats, right, as, as a Republican. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, mm-hmm. you've reiterated it many times, like I have, about um, how we don't agree on policy and those things are, we, you know, those fights, I, I kind of relish them and miss them. Um, but I will give her credit where credit is due. She's a boss. She is a, well, and I also, a political th- I also marksman. Think,
4: I also think that you has saw the taken rise out
0: Kevin McCarthy's balls. The, the decision,
4: <laughs> was... the decision to put Liz Cheney on that committee, and McCarthy's decision to attack her has made her into a powerful political force. I think we've got Steve back. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. But I, I think McCarthy, their we, decision to go after it. her, yeah, has made Liz Cheney a, a really historical. I mean, the opportunity to be a historical figure um, in this. In this moment, I mean, I was thinking today about you know when the Whig Party collapsed after the Kansas-Nebraska Act, there were a few mm-hmm. leaders who emerged out of it, but not many. I mean, we may see Liz Cheney as one of the few people that has kept the Republican ideal closer to her heart than any of these clowns that have adopted you know authoritarianism.
0: And I would throw Adam we Kinzinger will. in there too, because he, you know, he's he hasn't gotten as much credit as Liz Cheney only because she was a bigger name because of the Cheney dynasty. But Adam Kinzinger has also stepped up and had enough and has been very honest about this. We saw the emotion in him today. Mm -hmm. And I think it was Officer Dunn who said that, you know, telling the truth shouldn't be so hard. Why are Cheney and, and Kinzinger considered heroes for telling the truth? It shouldn't be so hard. But in today's America, apparently it is. Go ahead, Steve. Steve.
6: Yeah it's a monumental political achievement that guarantees we will have a permanent record of who incited who did what the whitewashing won't succeed there will be a record that can be laid out and inform some of the most important political choices that will ever be made in the history of the united states over the next four years where the american people can decide whether it's time to hang up our democracy and turn it over to Donald Trump and his cabal, his gang of self-enrichment and self-interest, modeled and fetishizing Vladimir Putin and all the world's thugs, or to continue on in the work to perfect the union. Imperfect though it may be, It is more perfect than all of its alternatives. And so should we lose the democracy, this will stand as a testament to how we lost it. Maybe one day in a different generation, uh, there will be a rising again, a rising of freedom, demand for human rights and justice a return to the idea that the people are sovereign, not a New York reality show host family. And in that circumstance, this will be a guide. Can't overstate the importance of, of what will be left on the permanent record of the nation's story about the most dangerous attack on this country since the firing on Fort Sumter, bar none.
0: Well, Steve Schmidt, um, always a pleasure. You are always a wealth of of sage advice, information, historical context. And um, for the moment that we're in, I I think it's it, it, we just uh, we just thank you for putting it all in in perspective for people to understand the importance of the moment that we're in right now. Steve, I want to thank you for everything you do. Thank you for coming on and and uh, imparting your knowledge on us all tonight. And um, Rick, as Steve, we I will end see you. Show... Steve, I
4: will see you tomorrow.
0: Yes, <laughs> in you real will.
4: life instead of just Zoom.
5: <laughs> and
0: <laughs> so, uh, well, as, we, again, as, as we as we. Yes. And as we end the show tonight, I just want to say one more thing um, and reiterate what I said earlier about honoring our heroes, that any nation that doesn't honor their heroes uh, will not long endure. That was something Lincoln said. And I just want to say again, thank you to every single one of those officers who were the last line of defense for our democracy that day, beating back that domestic terrorist, insurrectionist, violent crowd that was sent there by Donald Trump. And I know for me personally, what motivates me to fight for this country and fight for this democracy is honoring the people who are the best of us, like those officers that day, like my husband who sacrifices as, as a servant, like my grandfather did. And everyone that puts their life on the line for us, regardless of race, color, creed, regardless of political affiliation, we do it for them. And Officer Dunn made the point at the end of his testimony that a hitman gets caught and goes to prison, but so does the person who sent them. And it is up to our leaders in Congress to make sure that the person who sent them, Donald Trump, also pays that price. And I hope we see that that level of accountability. But in the meantime, thank you to all of our boys in blue, men and women in blue, who serve our country and protect us. Thank you to everyone that protected us that day, and uh, keep up the fight. Join us, join us in this fight because it's worth it. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Rick. And uh, Thanks, don't forget Tara. Uh, by to. Uh, the way,
4: folks, uh, yes. I, I just want to say, folks, this is my last show of the summer. I'll be traveling on Thursday before we go on our summer hiatus for season three. Um, but I just want to thank everybody who's tuned in to the Lincoln Project uh, uh, for LPTV this year. Um, it has been great. We will be back again in a couple weeks after we. Uh, I'll, I'll take a little break during the summer here. Um, but I want to thank everybody for their commitment to the fight. We'll still will still be popping in on on video, and you'll still you'll still we'll still darken your door from time to time. But we're gonna take a little break, uh, a little summer hiatus. Uh, but I this is my last show before the hiatus starts. I want to just thank everybody from the bottom of my heart for your for your attention and your tolerance um, and 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 just really it's it's important and it you know we 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 follow the chats that are going on on all the different platforms during the show and it's a great community and you guys are the best and we really appreciate you and uh, and we'll be back in the fight here we'll we'll talk to you guys again very soon
0: Absolutely, Rick Wilson. And everyone tune in to our sister show tomorrow night at 8 p.m. we're speaking. And Thursday, the Michael Steele will be joining me, um, yes. coming to hang out since Rick won't be here. Uh, Michael Steele After Dark will be with us on Thursday. So make sure you check our show out on Thursday. Before we go. <laughs> you gotta have a <laughs> drinking <on> game. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Anyone who knows Michael Steele After Dark knows that it's a good time and cocktails will be involved. Oh, yeah. All right. Rick, I'll see you later. Thank you, everyone. Yes, ma'am. Talk to you soon,
1: guys. So how do you convince corporate America this is not a normal time? They have a lot to lose personally for the executives, professionally for the people that work there, and economically for, you know, their bottom lines. At this point, it's less about convincing them and more about if the public can continue to be invested in this issue so that they see that that moment has not passed. Because I think if they believe that the moment has passed, you'll just see everything return to normal.